Welcome back, listeners. Welcome back, couples. Welcome back, anyone who's just interested in love and relationships. Uh, this is uh, Joseph, and my beautiful wife, Lisa, is right here next to me. Hi, everyone. And we are going to be talking about cross-cultural marriages today. So what is a co- cross-cultural marriage? Well, you can say you can use terms like interracial marriage. You can use terms as mixed families. Uh, but really what we're talking about today in cross-cultural marriages are marriages between people who come from two different cultural backgrounds. Now, what do we mean by cultural backgrounds? Well, they come in many forms. Well, one form is obviously race, separated by race. Right. One spouse is of one race. Another spouse is of a completely different, different race mm-hmm. uh, from a genetic level, like a pure genetic level. You know, it, But this can also be separated by ethnicity. You can have two couples who are of the same race. You can see this in the Hispanic culture here where – Although you have the same race, ethnically, you can have a difference between, uh, you know, like Guadahumara Indians of northern Mexico Mm -hmm. to Mexico City, people who live in Mexico City. Uh, Ethnicity, they're very different. Racially, they're very close, very, very much the same. You can even see this just even in in America itself. So you can take Anglo families and you can have an Anglo family who is from Alabama and they're going to be different from an ethnicity of an Anglo family in California, California, Mm -hmm. Seattle, so on and so forth. So uh, multicultural marriages, cross-cultural marriages, uh, you could have of the same race, but ethnically be different. Uh, No different than having someone from Northern Africa marry someone from Southern Africa. Ethnically, it could be very different. But what's interesting in a a cross-cultural marriage, it's more than just based on genetics. It could also be uh, based on economics. So you can have a a couple that are from two very significantly different social economic upbringings. I feel like we were kind of that way. Regardless, we're definitely a multicultural marriage in ethnicity. Um, but we're also, I feel like we were um, social economically different as well. Absolutely. Um, I grew up a little bit more on the poorer side. Yeah. Now, even though, you know, my, my family did a very good job of making sure I had what I need and we were blessed in a lot of ways. Um, we definitely did not live like people in Scottsdale, people in Phoenix. Yeah. We're fr- I'm from Bisbee. Uh, I, I lived in an, in what used to be an old miner's house that was moved from the pit to a whole nother neighborhood. Mm-hmm. So it was an older house. It was a good home. Love the home. But moving up to Phoenix, it was definitely quite different. It was a different upbringing. Yeah. I mean, I know like when we've talked about it, you definitely grew up poorer than I did. Um, and I think it, I think even in our marriage, it's kind of, I think we've noticed it at times um, just in what we've dealt with. Yeah. We, you know, I grew up with, you made one giant pot of food on Sunday. You ate it through Thursday and Friday. Yeah. And I was used to eating something different every night. You know, you have little differences like that and that's just one example. So, but you have social economic differences that can come into play in terms of the dynamics of a marriage. And then lastly, you have nationality. You can have someone of the same race. You can have someone of, this, of maybe even the same ethnicity, but the uh, Mexican um, 
national who lives in Mexico might be very different than the Mexican immigrant who lives in Texas, New Mexico, California. Mm-hmm. You know, that can actually change you. So even though you might even had a father or a mother who is from Mexico, but you grew up in the United States. Yeah, race-wise, you're the same. Ethnicity, you can argue you're the same. Right. But nationality, there's a difference between uh, a Mexican citizen who is living in Mexico and a Mexican immigrant who is living in Texas in America. Mm -hmm. So that actually can cause differences in a social economic marriage, you know, in a cross-cultural marriage. national, nationality. Wise. Now, this is not an exhaustive list. I'm sure there's experts out there who would uh, maybe break it down more or even state it different. But really, when we kind of look at it, we would state that there's really kind of four different types of cross-cultural marriages. You got race, you got ethnicity, social economic, and nationality. So this is the different types of marriages that are um, that are found in a cross-cultural marriage. Now, why is this important? Well, you know, statistically, uh, according to the, the last census, and I'm not talking the 2021, which I'm interested to see those numbers when they come out, but over the last 10 years from 2010 to up to this new census, they have found that there has been an increase in various counties, anywhere from 2.5% to 4.5% on an up, up, upward slope of more and more cross-cultural marriages. What does this mean? This means that those four different categories, race, ethnicity, social, economic, and nationality, there are more mixing among those four than there ever has been before. And I, you know, I think that's also because of the, I would say, breakdown of um, racial prejudices. And stereotypes. Yeah, I would say that that, I think that's why there's becoming more of an increase because people feel free to mar- intermarry if they find someone that they love. And even though we're, you know, in no way, shape, or form are we saying that, you know, the work is done. Now, there's right. still plenty of work that needs to be done. I mean, just turn on the news. Um, but what it, what we are stating is when it comes to marriages, some of those breakdowns of you're not allowed to marry outside your race, you're not allowed to marry outside your ethnicity, mm-hmm. is starting to become less and less. According to Pew Research, in 2015, one in seven multi-ethnic babies accounted for what was being born. One in seven. Pew Research also talked about that one in five come from interfaith homes. So here we have different... We're starting to see a rise in multi-ethnic families, multi-racial families, cross-cultural families. Mm-hmm. This is a great thing. I, in, in my opinion, this is a great thing in America. Uh, this is uh, one of those areas that I think we're finally breaking through some of those barriers and we're allowing people to actually see the people, the character of people and letting just getting out of their way when they want to get married. Yeah. I mean, if you think about it in the last, what, 50 to 60 years, this would have been you know, a faux pas, you know, just forbidden, really. And we're finally, I mean, we're finally starting to see that increase, which is great. Now, one in seven, uh, you know, like I said, this is a good sign. And yeah, I'm approaching it a lot, uh, a lot more positively. This is not to say that work doesn't still need to be done. 
Right. That conversations about race and equality uh, uh, need to be have. Yes, it. Yes, they do. They yeah. absolutely do. But a lot of times we can focus so much on the negatives that we actually forget to see the ground that is being um, taken. It's no different than uh, um, trying to lose weight. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're watching yourself in the mirror every day, always focusing on I'm still fat here, I'm still fat there. Well, you may have missed the fact that you dropped 10 pounds. You may have missed the fact that uh, all the all the data is showing that it is getting better. However, you still got a long way to go. Yes, and this I is, would definitely agree that that's the case with this. It's good to see, but we definitely have more work to do. So to kind of continue in terms of this particular uh, discussion and in podcast, cross-cultural marriages are on the rise, which means one in seven of the listeners who are listening right now are probably in a cross-cultural marriage or about to enter into one mm-hmm. that multicultural aspect yes. i would argue just looking at this data it might be more two out of seven maybe even three out of seven because mm-hmm. that's what in 2015 this so is, we're now looking six years ahead absolutely so let's let's discuss here for a little bit we got there even though that this is a good thing that is happening it comes with new challenges yeah because when you bring two lives together you are bringing the culture, the way you have done things, your own expectations into this marriage. So what would you say are some of the challenges that um, people might have to go through when they're in a multicultural marriage? Well, believe it or not, there's still uh, issues of gender roles. Yeah. You know, and it's not just in gender roles, just in a person expectation, but also gender roles within the family. So if you're coming from a, uh, a very machismo, uh, Latino area, you come from a interesting dynamic where in terms of the small household, Mm -hmm. dad makes all the decisions. Yes. He is fully leader. What he says, go. However, in the extended family, uh, it then becomes matriarchal. A, abuela, yeah, abuela yeah, it decides becomes, it. Yeah. It becomes, <laughs> or what would be considered grandma, uh, you would see you would see some of those dynamics. So mm-hmm. in terms of gender roles, you might see some of that play out. Uh, other cultures, you know, have still what would be considered very, quote unquote, traditional gender roles. Mm-hmm. You know, I find that interesting um, because in a, in our marriage, I feel like we're definitely more equal. Um, and I know you've even struggled with that prejudice of, you know, with other um, with an ex uh, ex girlfriend that you had, where the mom thought that you were going to beat her if you know he she dated you. Well, that's just because they were racist. They didn't. <laughs> they had no clue what it, what it, what what uh, Hispanic was, what Latinos were, and it, they pretty much pulled it off of whatever they heard or whatever they saw right. on TV. But I mean, you still had to navigate that. Yeah, you know, no, it was that thought process. I, yeah, I'll never forget when she brought that out to me. She goes, yeah, my mom's concerned. She says that Hispanic men beat their wives. Well, there's there's unfortunately there is men who abuse women in every culture. Right. And, you know, there's probably yeah. some cultures that allow it more than others. I will admit to that. I'm not here to pick on each every one. But, yeah, no, when you don't understand the other culture, you might come to certain conclusions. Right. And so when it comes some one of these challenges are these gender roles, you might come to certain conclusions or certain assumptions because of their race, because of their ethnicity, you know, even social economic. Mm -hmm. You know, what's interesting about social economic, if you really look in some of the um, 
real rich families, it is actually expected that the 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 husband makes the money and the wife is at and his beck eating call. Right. The wife is the trophy wife as we Yeah, that's where we get that Stefford mm-hmm. wives type of look. So yeah. you see these assumptions everywhere. And I'd be I, I I'd be willing right now that some of you will probably pause this and start talking about, you know, the different uh gender roles that you assumptions that you might already have. Yeah. And it comes in two ways. It's you either are thinking this is what my spouse is probably expecting or you're already saying, oh, this is, you know, this is what this I is think. What, yeah, this is what I think. You know, I really encourage that you guys actually bring your cards out on the table and just bring it out, even if it's embarrassing. Yeah, I think that is very important to navigate these, you know, what the other culture might be expecting because sometimes you get surprised when you get married and then then you're like, oh gosh, I didn't even realize that this was something that they were expecting or thinking was going to happen. Well, and these gender roles, you know, and it's more than just who does the dishes, who's right. cooking, who who takes care of the kids. It's even more, It's it, it goes past that. Yeah. You know, it really does of who what you expect out of your spouse. And it goes back to our whole podcast about expectations, but this is where when you are entering into a cross-cultural marriage, you you want to have these discussions. It's like, yeah. well, what do you see in a wife? What do you see in a husband? You know, uh, because that will help you have that discussion and A, find a compromise or B, maybe even determine, oh, do I really want to mix with these people, so to speak. All right. For a lack of a better term. Yeah, that was probably an awful term, but I'm going to keep it and I'm not even going to edit it because... That's how I thought. All right. It's it's also it's very important. Um, why why we're talking about this is it's very important to understand the culture that you're marrying into. Um, I know for me, I had to really navigate that and understand. And I mean, when I think about the cultures that I I went into, your mom's from Texas. You know, your dad's from. You know, well, I think his dad was from Mexico. Yes. Um, so, My dad was first generation American. Yeah. So, I mean, there there were definitely some different dynamics that we had to navigate through um, and that I had to learn um, as we got married. You know, the other part is the extended family, mm-hmm. you know, because gender roles extend from your culture of your family and extended family in terms of the challenges there is because you might come from a culture or an ethnicity where you the immediate family was it. Right. You might let grandma and grandpa in if it's a... Uh, let them chime in. If if they called first. Right. But in certain families, no. Extended family are allowed to show up unannounced. Yeah. In some cultures, extended family, if they show up unannounced, you're expected to let them stay for the next week or two or even a month. Yeah, that's very true. Uh, as far as extended family goes, you know, depending on your culture, you, you might have different cultural norms that are part of the extended family. And if you're marrying into something that you're not used to, you might come across as saying, well, no, it's right because of this. Well, not, it may not be right or wrong. It may be Just more of what is what expected. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this is where... You and your spouse will have to figure out, well, what is our value in this area? Yeah, you have to come together as a couple and figure out, even though we come from two different cultures, what is our what is our family going to do? How are we going to um, 
do things. How are we going to function? Mm-hmm. You know, these are the challenges that every cross culture is going to face. And if you're finding these challenges of, you know, hey, hon, no one disagrees with grandpa. No one disagrees with grandma. And you come from a culture that says, no, we, we, we speak our mind. We say what we feel. Whether you, the grandparent thinks it's right or not. Yeah, you, you, you're going to have to figure out how to navigate that. And we'll talk about that in just a little bit. But there's a few others I want to kind of get to. You know, when you come from, when you're coming into a cross-cultural marriage, there's probably even certain prejudice and even social attitudes that you don't realize that you have. I found that even though (laughs) my ethnicity is definitely um, more Caucasian, I get male that's in Spanish because they see Valenzuela on the last name. Well, you know, what's interesting is, yeah, that happened because you got the name. And Lisa Valenzuela, Lisa sounds still sounds very, you know, in the Latin area. This prejudice and social uh, attitudes have to come into what we think about each other. Yeah, that's true, too. I mean, it's another aspect of it. I, I don't know how many times where like I would see an attitude or a type of comment that was made or something there was. And in my head, I'm thinking like, Ugh, white people <laughs> or, you know, to quote city slickers, city folk. Yeah. Just like how, you know, and it was and it wasn't very nice, you know, and there's many incidences. And, and in all the ways, it was just coming from a. Latino rural area, I would look right. and see city white people as, man, you guys are really weak and you really value your comfort. And well, I mean, you, you came from a Latino, you know, work hard um, and a small town. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like we're kind of double whammy there, so to speak. But I would walk in and I would, ex- I already had certain prejudice, certain social attitudes mm-hmm. and you, in some of them, I'll be honest, I was right. But there was a lot that I was wrong on. And those are things that I have to address in myself. And we all have them. You can take the most woke person on this planet, and I guarantee that there is some sort of perception, prejudice about another ethnicity, culture, right. race that is still in them. And it's and, just who we are as humans. And they may not say it out loud but they're still thinking it. And it's going to take And the challenges is to recognize that in ourselves. Yes. Have a discussion in a safe area to get clarification and educated and then do your best to make the change. Yeah. And that's just, is what it is. You know, the other cross cultural difference you have is coming into the aspect of religion. This is more than just, it is so multifaceted. It could be completely two separate religions that like, mm-hmm. like we brought out before one in five uh, families are interfaith homes, which means you got someone who might be uh, Jewish. Mm-hmm. You got, which then the sp- other spouse is Christian. You've even had, uh, there's even more of a rise in, you know, you have an atheist who might marry a Christian or a, a Christian who married uh, someone who believes in Islam, yeah, you know, or Buddhism and Christianity. You you're actually getting a lot more where you're now getting a cross cultural um, connection. And whether people really want to have it or not, religion is connected a lot to the culture in which you live in. 
And, you know, I will say, because I can think of a friend that was, you know, she thought that they were um, on the same religion. But when it came down to it, the church that he wanted to go to was very different from the church that she wanted to go to. Um, and But they were both Christian, but it was, it, there were different it was it was different religions when you when it came down to it, and that really they really struggled with that when they were married. And every religion has that, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, in Islam, Sunni and Shiite, you get, I guarantee you get two people from either side, two families who are trying to marry. There is some dynamics there. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, Christianity. You got all the different types of faith and interpretations of that. You got uh, pretty much any religion you can pick up out of, uh, even in Jewish religion. You got uh, Hasidic Jews. You got you know, um, you know those who are messianic, messianic Jews. Mm-hmm. You, you, it it's definitely a um, definitely a, a, a breakdown dynamic that you want to approach and figure out before you get married if that is your situation because it's it's not fun when you don't talk about it before you get married and then you get married and then you're trying to navigate it and it causes a lot of fights because in the fights that will come out is when it it's in terms of child raising right you know are we going to baptize are we going to? the baby when it's a you know are we going to baptize the baby or are we going to wait till it gets older or maybe there is you know one person doesn't even have baptism in their religion whatsoever right because it's completely different or what church what church are we going to go to are we going to go to your church or are we going to go to my church navigating these things are very important and you want to do this ahead of time because i'm not saying it's not impossible we're saying it takes work it takes and you have to be conscious it's there and you cannot have this approach like, oh, we'll, we'll, we'll work it out. No, we'll figure it out when we get married. You need to work it out sooner than later. Yes. Not just with religion. We brought up parenting. Different cultures approach parenting different. Yes, very much so. And this is also very, there are some cultures who really do let the guys do whatever they want, but the girls, they're on lockdown. There's cultures that are like that. And if you are coming from a culture that is like that, you may not see anything wrong with it, but your spouse does. And you're going to have to navigate that out soon if you're going to have children, if you're looking forward to have children. Yeah. Parenting styles are very different. In some cultures, again, dad makes the decisions. In other cultures, mom pretty much Raises the children. Mom makes that makes the decisions, and as they call it, where the where's the pants in the family? In a lot of uh, uh, wealthy European families, it is not uncommon where you pretty much parent your kid up until nine, and then you send them off to boarding school. Yep, or have a nanny watch them. I had one couple where that kind of came out, and this was actually, believe it or not, this was more American, and it had to do with social economic. Hmm. He was from the East Coast; she was from the West Coast. He was at his home up until I think nine or 10. No, I think it was about 12. Okay. And then from the age of 12, he went to a boarding school, even in America. Mm-hmm. So when we were talking about parenting, we were talking about, well, what, what do you want to see for your kids? And of course, for him, he actually had a very good experience at boarding school. He thought it really helped him out in life, gave him a good education. He made friends. He developed as a person. He saw this as a independence. Independence. Mm -hmm. He saw this as a this is something I want my son to have, and I'm going to work hard to make sure he gets it too. Mm -hmm. The spouse was horrified to hear that. 
what do you mean you're going to send my child away halfway through raising them? I would feel that way too, just because of what I, how I've been raised. And that actually, ironically enough, added on like about two more sessions to the premarital. To actually talk through it because, and compromise. Yeah, it's the realization of, wait a minute, that's not how I want to approach parenting. Right. They came from, and they were both of the same race. Mm-hmm. I would argue they were both of the same ethnicity. Ethnicity too. Mm-hmm. But they were definitely from two separate social economic backgrounds. Yeah, that's that's a pretty big um, chasm, if you will, you know, with because I know for me, if I would if I was told that I'd be like, oh, heck no, you're not sending my child to a boarding school halfway through him being raised. That's not happening. So I could definitely see how the girl would be upset about that if they hadn't talked about it beforehand. When it comes to parenting, culture is definitely going to play a role. Yep. And if you're coming from cross-cultural viewpoints, you got to talk these things out. Because I, we're not saying that cross-cultural marriages is not a good idea or it's too hard. No, no, no. It's worth doing the work. It's worth doing the work because you will end up creating a child who is getting the best of both worlds. Yeah. Because this is why you want to well tackle wanted. this. Because... Everything good in your culture and everything good in your spouse's culture, if you do the work, can be put in your son. Because here's a reality. Just because something is culturally acceptable doesn't mean it's right. And I say that to every culture out there, even new ones that are springing up right now. Mm -hmm. You might love your culture. You might love your city. You might love the way you do things. Well, not everything you're culture does, not everything your race does, not everything your ethnicity does is right. Now, I'm not going to sit here and try to pick on who who is who and give you my own list. Right. That's not the point of this. What I want you to recognize is not everything you think, not everything you've been raised with, not everything that you've been, uh, you've come to understand or think you believe is right. And just because you can say, well, everyone in my community thinks the same way, well, it's very possible your entire community is wrong. Because you got to understand that in some of these same communities that are a variety, there are those in that community, in that race, in that ethnicity, who believe the fact that you are trying to marry someone from a different culture, a different race, a different socioeconomics class, mm-hmm. that you are wrong, that you are asking for trouble. They may say things like, why can't you find someone of your own race? Why can't you find someone of your own people? Or someone of your own class. Do you really want to marry that poor person? Or do you really want to marry that rich yuppie? Mm -hmm. I mean, it can go both ways. We we, we think that a lot of times racism is a one-way street. Systemic racism is. But the attitude in the human heart, oh, that can go both ways. That goes both ways. And what's ironic is that in your community, many people may think this way. And you may not even realize it until you're getting into a multicultural, multi-ethnicity, you know, multi, even social economic um, marriage, and they come out with it and you're shocked. And if you find yourself in that spot, recognize And have the courage that if you truly love this person, you're going to do whatever work it takes to be connected to them. Because what comes out of 
this marriage could be something really good and beautiful and a bridge for both worlds and for both communities. Well, and that's why when we're talking about a multicultural marriage, you're kind of creating your own community just with yeah. the two people and trying to figure out doing the work and figuring out, you know, what they've been raised with and what you've been raised with and then figuring out what the best parts of it is and making that compromise for your community, for your your marriage. And when you have a child who's coming from two different races, it's going to be, it's, it's, a, it's a tough navigation for them. It yeah. is for me. I mean, in, in, I am very Americanized. You don't even really even hear an accent yeah. out, of, out of me. I am very much Americanized. However, I am not Anglo enough to be really considered Anglo, even though my mom's from Texas. Right. Strong, independent woman from Texas. <laughs> and I'm not seen as Latino enough to be considered Latino. I think I was told the other day that I can't, uh, um, I go, I can't play my Latino card. Well, they're, they're right. <laughs> you know, I was told that on one day and then I was stopped Search. at the border and searched randomly, air quotes, the next day. The next day, yeah. So, yeah, there's going to be some challenges when you have the mix. But you know what? I also got best of both worlds. I got what it means to have a history and independence and everything that uh, is American that is good. Mm-hmm. But I also have been able to see it from the other side to see what was bad and recognize the faults and be able to pull air, pull a lot that was from my Latino side. And I'm not perfect, but I appreciate both worlds. And I hope my sons have the same. Your kids, if you do the work, if you as a couple can compromise, yeah. you as a couple can bring the best of your worlds, then your kid will grow up with appreciation and be that bridge that different races, ethnicities, social, economic, and nationalities desperately need nowadays. You don't have to choose one culture over the uh, other. You just got to bring the best of both worlds. And to do that, you must recognize, A, there are differences. Yep. B, not everything in your culture, you got to recognize not everything in your culture is right or even the right way. And C, you got to be willing to give each other grace for the the prejudices, for their misunderstandings, Mm -hmm. for your perspectives. And learn to see the good and focus on that and that alone. Work through the negative. Focus on the positives. And you might have a well-rounded kid who can live in both worlds and appreciate both worlds. All right, that's all for today. And let us remember, love is not just of the heart, but also of the mind. After hearing this podcast, if you would like some premarital coaching, come check out our new website at hmpremarital.com. That again is hmpremarital.com. If you have enjoyed the show and it really has helped you out, 
in your relationship, consider being a supporter of the show. You can either click the little heart icon in the top right-hand corner of our podcast website, or you can click in the description where it says support the show. Any donation would be greatly appreciated. And remember, love is not just of the heart, but it's also of the mind.